guys we are now on episode two of tales from motherhood and this episode is so precious it's so dear to my heart i remember when i met this woman and i happened to be the girlfriend of (laughs) 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 of her son and i was eating mac and cheese (laughs) (laughs) at her table while she was on the phone and I did not know that years later I would really be still calling this woman ma ma (laughs) (laughs) ma (laughs) (laughs) and honestly I'm blessed I'm truly blessed I'm really blessed because when I tell you she took me under her wing like no other and to this day I can call her for anything I am blessed and I am honored to share with you guys this, my mama. Mama! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, sweet pie? I am beautiful. I'm feeling great. Mm -hmm. I'm honored that you called me, that I'm one of your guests. I'm so honored to be one of your guests on your podcast. (sighs) Now I'm excited. You know, in our private conversations, I always tell you, you are huge, like a huge inspiration. Yeah. Pretty much. Especially because of a lot of things. We'll start off with, you raised three boys. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I really did that. <laughs> you really did that. When you were younger, did you like, like when you know how we always think about kids and stuff like that, was that one of your dreams to have only boys? No, I actually didn't want any kids. <laughs> Are you? Hold up. Really? Really, I didn't want any kids. I thought I was going to be an international attorney and travel the world. <laughs> Ma, hold up. This is new news to me. Let me get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so when do we make the switch? Well, I didn't really make a switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I got pregnant at 16, so it wasn't a, a switch. That was a, a, a beautiful surprise, I would say, because all kids are a beautiful surprise. So it wasn't something that was planned. And um, that's what happened. So now I was a mom at 16, getting ready to be 17 becoming a mother and that was uh not my plan so it was a very difficult um transition for me because when a baby's in your stomach it's like you don't really get the 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 realization of it until when the baby come out you're like oh wait a minute no I don't think I want this I still want to hang out with my friends (laughs) wow you know so that was um not my plan. <laughs> wow, my hold up. And you know what I'm thinking? Like, I can't help but have this thought in my head. I know, like, just from my experience being a little sister to, you know, my sister having a child at 16, that was a little different. Yeah. And it wasn't something that was common either. So I could imagine what that was like. How was that 
at 16 oh, being pregnant around that time. Oh, that was the worst. It was like the scarlet letter. It wasn't like how it is now where they have, you know, teen pregnancy and it's on TV and they got a whole show and all of that stuff. It was a whole scarlet letter. It was, you know, it was shameful because, every, you know, everybody talked about you. It was like you wasn't going to be anything. Like now you was worthless. It was like, and to me, I was like, well, dang, this is like, is this the worst thing? Like I didn't kill nobody. You know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. is the worst thing that you could have done in your life. And it, it wasn't like a really good experience because, um, you know, people made you feel ashamed of that. People made you feel, you know, like you were no good. And just trying to navigate through that and being a new mom and not having, like, that community support or really family support because my mom was not happy, you know, (laughs) that I was pregnant. So she was not supportive to me, you know. Not like now how they have... You know, it's all glorified and stuff now. That's that's like the thing to do. So it, that was a very hard transition, and um, you know, I got through it. Um, it was a lot of tries and tribulations. Um, just getting through and trying to navigate, trying to figure out how to be a mom, how to feed the baby. Why is this baby still crying? You know, how you sleep when the baby's sleeping, all of those things when you're still trying to be a kid, you know? And now that's over. Now you you are instant adult, you know? Oh, I feel you. Mm-hmm. Ma, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. That was difficult. I don't see how now they're like, they, they glorify it so much because it was not easy like that. Not at all. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I I know what you mean. Like when you're watching it on TV and stuff like that, it's like yeah, it's like it's all glorified. Like oh, this is you know we on the TV show now. I was like shoot, <laughs> wasn't no TV shows. That was like you was that was the whole gossip of school because then it wasn't like schools for pregnant teens or things like that. So I was still in regular school and it's like oh now everybody knows like oh this girl is pregnant like oh my god like how did she get pregnant you know (laughs) how do you think you managed how did you think you overcame that during that time like looking back at it well looking back at it I I was raised in church so Mm -hmm. I know that my faith got me through it Mm -hmm. um I had a lot of depressed days it wasn't easy and then my oldest son father passed away when he was two. So that was really devastating. And that was the first time I ever like lost somebody that, that, that was that important to me that I loved. So now not only am I, you know, a teen parent, but now really by myself without his father to help me. You know. So that was um I would say my faith got me through. Because I was a depressed person. I think I was a depressed person. And, you know, like now everybody, they can define things as, you know, um, postpartum and stuff like that. And I'm sure it was postpartum then, but nobody was diagnosing that or recognizing that, saying like, okay, this kid is going through something or whatever. It was like, 
you know, you did this, you opened your legs, you did this, now you have to deal with it. So it wasn't um like a, you know, people around that was like, okay, we're going to help you. We understand this is a difficult time or whatever. So I would say my faith got me through um, because that was all I really had to depend on, really. Because it wasn't, you know, an easy transition because imagine now you you don't know nothing about now you got milk in your breast and the baby won't feed breastfeed now you gotta now he was allergic to regular milk so I gotta figure out what kind of milk to give this kid <laughs> why this baby won't be quiet you know and just going through all of that stuff and going to school or at the same time because my mom was like well you still gotta finish school and I really didn't want it. That was another depressing because now everybody in school was talking about it. So I didn't want to go to school because I was like, this, you know, that was a whole nother issue, you know? Mm-hmm. Now to people talking about your situation because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, a lot of girls being pregnant at that time. So I was the talk of the town, honey. <laughs> and that's never fun. It's- not fun, but I could imagine what it's like yes, with if that. You just feel alone and isolated. Because who are you going to talk to about that? Everybody else, you know, everybody's going to prom and, you know, the dances and you looking for your little prom dress and this and that. I wasn't doing that. I was uh, buying baby formula and baby clothes and trying to find an apartment and all that kind of stuff, you know. So that was difficult. Mm-mm. Wow. Wow, 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 Ma. I always say that you're strong, but hearing your story is like, wow. But that's another thing, too, because people people always used to say that about me. Oh, you're so strong. You're so strong. You get through whatever. But people forget that, you know, check on the strong people because we're not really that strong. <laughs> we just yeah. know how to put on a good face. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I knew how to put on a good face when I was out and that, you know, like, I'm strong, I'm dealing with this, like, I'm good. But um, I think they got a saying now, check on your strong friends, you know? Yeah, now that's a fact. I don't know why, but I'm feeling led to ask you, what would you say to your teenage self now, now that you are where you are? And all of that stuff. Like, what would you say to her if you ever had a chance to speak to her? Wow. I think I would tell my teenage self that you're stronger than you know. And just, like, hold on. Everything is going to work out. But you're stronger than you know you are. And you're worth it. I would tell her that. That she was worth it. Because I didn't feel worth Um anything really like when I was a teenager I just I really felt defeated I didn't feel like I was worth it I didn't feel like I was you know worth um good things even when good things happened to me I always was looking for the doom like okay this happened but something else around the corner is gonna be bad you know so I I would tell my younger self that like hold on like you worth it you know and you're gonna be okay <laughs> I love it. First off, thank you for sharing your heart with us. Like, 
Now, I appreciate that, you know, outside of you telling us the story, the emotions that you were going through Mm -hmm. and what you held on to, like, I pray that that story alone touches somebody. I pray it does, too, because I know a lot of people feel that way. And you just trying to, you know, get through life, you know, the best that you can and do the best that you can. And, you know, sometimes you have to put on that front and two people and be like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Everything is good and everything is fine, but everything don't be fine. But you just know that now you have this kid. So it's not just you and somebody else that's depending on you. So you have to, you know, do better. Like when I said, oh, I'm going to college because I wanted my son to, you know, look at me and be proud of me. And be like, you know, my mom went to school and she has a good job and stuff like that. So that was a motivation for me was him mm-hmm. because I wanted him to be proud of me. And I wanted him to see that no matter what, you know, your education is key and you could be whatever you want to be when you grow up. So that was, I think, a big motivator for me is that not to anybody else, but I wanted to prove to him that that I was good and not that he didn't look at me that I wasn't, but I, you know, to myself, I needed to prove to him that, you know, his mom was good and he was going to be okay with me. Mm. So I think that's how I looked at it. And that probably what kept me focused and determined to do what I had to do because I wanted him to see he can do whatever he wanted to do. That it was, you know, the sky was the limit. No holds barred. Doesn't matter. You like where we started, you know. No, I feel that. I feel that. Don't I just love how kids bring that out of you. Mm-hmm. Not in. I'm sure, like, that's a majority of mother's story, and other mothers probably have different stories. But I really do appreciate that. When you have a child, you have this like thing that comes out of you where it's just like yo if I don't do anything right I want to at least do right by you right like yeah because that's how you feel like or everybody else thinks I'm a loser but you're not gonna think I'm a loser you know what I mean yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's that type of thing you know like everybody else could think whatever they want to think but you know I wanted him when he looked at me to be like you know my mom is strong my mom is good She's powerful. She can do it, whatever, you know. And I wanted him to know he can do whatever, too. So that's what kind of pushed me. And, you know, because a lot of people, like, back in the 80s, it was so many people, like, and girls that was my age that got pregnant or got hooked on drugs and stuff like that. And, you know, they're not here anymore, you know. Mm. Or they just not really living a good life and their kids wind up in the system and things like that. And those are things that I know I didn't want. And I wasn't raised that way, you know? So I always had a different type of thinking of, you know, what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be. And, you know, things just landed how it landed. (laughs) And I was able to, you know, finish school and get a good job and stuff like that and, and was able to take care of my family. That's a beautiful thing. So you went from zero, one to three, mom. <laughs> Not right. one any to now having three. Right. Well, eventually I got married. Okay. 
because to me, I wasn't having any more kids unless I was married because I wasn't married when I had my first son and then his dad died. If his dad didn't die, we probably would have got married. And um, so when I got married is when I had two other kids. <laughs> <laughs> so they are like, they are like seven and eight years apart. Hmm. You know what's cool about that though? Mm-hmm. Um, just from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. you know, we know that they had uh, different fathers, but their relationship doesn't show that at all. No, because they, well, they have different fathers, but they got one mother. Mm-hmm. So, and they always raised together. It wasn't like they were separated or anything. And. Yeah. Like when I got divorced, it wasn't you know it was just us, right? Because my ex husband wasn't trying to be a present father, <laughs> so it was just me and the boys. So that's all we had was each other, and that's what I always told them: we just have each other, and we got to do you know we got to make it do what it do, you know. I love that, and fortunately, fortunately for me, I get to see the night tight knit. But how were you able to do that, you know, as a single mom, make sure that your boy's relationship remained tight and still being the provider? Because I know you mentioned that the father wasn't present. So is it safe to assume that it all fell on you? Yes, it all fell on me. It did. But it was like they were from when they were little. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know. Ray was the oldest, and I'm like, you you know, you look out for your little brother. So he always took on the role that, you know, he the oldest, he's looking out for his little brothers. Right. And, you know, and that's how how it always been. That he's like, yo, I'm the oldest. Y'all gonna listen to me or whatever when mommy's at work. You know, and when they went to the babysitter or whatever, he made sure if anything happened, he'd tell me. Ma, they did this or somebody did this or whatever. But he looked out for his little brothers and made sure they was good, you know. I got you. And that's something you instilled in him? Or was that something that you he just, you know how some kids just naturally get it? Or was no, that- that's something that I always preach to him that if I'm not around, you know, you look out for your little brothers. I always tell him. I still tell him that till today. Like, you know, that's your brother's keeper. That's all you have is your brother's. You know, anything happens to me, like, y'all have to, you know, be at one. Because, you know, I'm getting older. If I get sick or something, I'm like, I don't want y'all, nobody to come in and tell y'all nothing. Whatever happens is you and your brothers will handle it. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's how they stay. You know? Even though they, you know, everybody's older now and working and doing their own things but they still have you know that I'm my brother's keeper thing now that's a fact that's why I was trying to figure out like what was the culture like was this a seed that was planted what because I mean you worked a lot but Mm -hmm. it was still tight you know like you didn't Mm -hmm. have to regulate it it was regulated though well, that's how I grew up. Like, when we grew up, it was just us, me and my sisters. I'm the youngest girl. And, like, our cousins, our first cousins, like, we was only allowed to play with them. Mm. So that's, you know, 
the culture of the family. That's how our family was. It was a tight-knit family. And that's how we were raised. You know, you look out for your siblings. And if mommy's not home, my mother's at work, you know, like, I would take care of my little brother. My sisters would take care of us. So that's, you know, how I was raised. And that's how I, what, how, what I instilled into my own kids, too. I love that. Family is important, and, you know, and it, it take a village. So we all have to be in this together. So that's where I get it from, from my family, and I extend that to my own little personal family. Mm-hmm. And what's your relationship with your boys now, now that they're older? Because all of them are grown pretty much, right? Yeah. Dante. Yep. Everybody's grown, 37, 30, and 26. So, yeah, what is that like? You know, we know what, what it's like to be a parent to small children, but what's it like now having adult children? Like, what's that relationship dynamic? Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> they like, they like my, at least they think they my father. Uh, <laughs> I think they my father, my husband, they have my everything, but it's awesome because and they they are all some amazing kids, and it's awesome. I talk to each one of them every day. Well, Don still lives with me, the youngest one, but mm-hmm. you know, each one of them I talk to all the time. We talk every day, a couple of times a day. You know, we hang out together. We have good times together. We have good talks. Um, you know, they my protectors, you know, they take care of me, they look out for me, and you know, I don't want for anything. And they and they're just amazing human beings. Even if they wasn't my kids, I would say those are some amazing men, but they are amazing human beings and they they love me and I love them and it's unconditional and it's you know I don't ever have to worry about anything. And it's, the amazing thing is, is that they're teaching me about, and they don't even know, but they're teaching me that all men are not bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're teaching me. <laughs> oh, do you, I can't wait till they hear this. They're going to light you up, Ma. You already know. Yeah. No, but I'm saying they're teaching me that because it's that. like, you know, I had a very, very tumultuous marriage, a, you know, a domestic violence marriage. And, you know, we went through a lot of things within that marriage, and they could have grown up to be different type of men. You know what I mean? By seeing me get hit and stuff like that, they, they could have been different people. And I just, I thank God that they're not. And they, you know, they turned out to be way better than he ever could be, you know? Hmm. So they they are teaching me through just their life and how they conduct themselves and they are just they some great men. They're really great men. So, you know, I did good. God God gave me some beautiful being human beings. <laughs> nah, you were blessed. I wanted to ask, because I know like with having my two children, right? Each child taught me something different. And then each child revealed something different in me. Mm-hmm. Did you have that experience, like, with each child, a different lesson or a different realization with yourself? 
Mm, yeah, I would say so. I think my oldest is like, like me and him grew up together. Mm-hmm. You know, so we share a lot of things because, you know, he was old enough to see different things that the younger two wasn't. So he is uh, my confider. You know, he confides in me in a lot of things and just, you know, our different experiences, even though we so, you know, far away in age, but we kind of grew up together because I was a kid, raising a kid, you know? Right. And I think my middle son uh, showed me patience. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was my tester. He showed me patience. And the youngest one... Um, it was different, I guess, with him because he he was a premature baby, so he came really early, and so I think I kind of babied him too much. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say now, um, I guess he's teaching me that I I have to let the bird fly. You know, and that that, that bird was gonna be okay. Cause like when birds have babies, they just kick them out of the nest. Right. And it's like, okay, it's time for you to go live, go build your own little nest or whatever. And um he's a different, really different person. He thinks really deeply and says some of the wildest things that make you, you know, provoke you to some amazing conversations. Mm. Because he's a real thinker, and I think he's like me in a little bit where he's a little sensitive because I was really sensitive. And I think my middle son is one is probably most like me when I was a child because I was that kid that's like, no, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm doing. I set my mind to it. I'm going to do it. So... I think now I live so vicariously through him because he's one of those people that's just like, no, I'm I'm going to get a doctor's degree. Boom, I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy a new house. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? And he doesn't. He sticks to it and he doesn't. And I think in the oldest one, is he's more emotional. Mm. And I would think it's because probably when I was pregnant with him, I was emotional, right? So I think that's why his emotions is all over the place and it's funny how they all three of them are very different people very different personalities but when I look back when I was pregnant with each of them I was going through different things in my life Mm. so the middle one was like the best time my marriage was good I was you know everything was good in my life and he's that person that socialite that da 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 and the youngest was like you know, Dimash was a mess, things was going on, and I was very depressed in that pregnancy. And he's a real quiet person, stays to himself and stuff like that. So I think, you know, people say, like, when you're pregnant, it's important that you do, you know, positive things and stuff like that with your baby, read to the baby, sing to the baby, have positive thoughts, don't be in depression and stuff like that. So I think kids really take on that uh persona that you have from when you're pregnant because you carrying them you know so you see the difference in them as they grow you're like wow 
like, oh, okay, I was in this type of funk at that time, you know? But you don't see that till like when they're grown and then you see different, how they deal with different things and you're like, wait a minute, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. How was your faith with um the other two? Well, that was really difficult time for me. <laughs> because <laughs> one, I didn't sign up to be a single mom and I was you know, I would have never like pictured that for myself. Right. You know. When I got married, I was like, Okay, we gonna have we got to two point five kids, we built the house from ground up. It's like, okay, we doing it. You know, we was young. Mm-hmm. Twenty you know, twenty and twenty one years old getting married, so it's a lot. And I was getting divorced. I was in my thirties getting divorced. So that was a difficult time for me. I was I went into a real depression. And I um I really tried to check out because I felt like I can't do this and that I wasn't gonna be good enough for them and I wouldn't be able to raise them properly. And I was just like I might as well just um, check on out because this is it's too much. I'm not I can't do it, you know. And I I tried to check myself out, <laughs> Ma. but it didn't it didn't happen. I woke up the next day. So, oh, thank you, Jesus. When I woke up the next day, you know, I was like. I woke up, I cursed God and was like, look, okay, if you woke me up, then you need to figure this out because I don't know what to do. And I went that day and I went to church and I sat in the back of my church and just cried, like cried a river. All the ladies in my church, they didn't say nothing to me. They just all put their hand on me and they just started praying. And then um, one of the ladies in my church, Miss Vivian, and she told me, she said, baby, she said, women have done this before you with more kids than you. You got a good job, and you could do this. She said, now you go home, you go take a shower, and you get yourself together because you you could do this. And I went home that day, and, like, three of my friends had came because I had got divorced. We had finished moving. It was just a mess. And it was just, like, me, my girlfriend, and the kids moving stuff to this new house I had gotten. And I had never unpacked nothing. I ain't put no beds up. I ain't put the kids' beds up. We was just sleeping on the mattress. I was just, that's what kind of energy I had. It was just like, it's just too much. And they came and they came, they set up them beds. They fixed my house up, they put pictures up, everything. And they was like, girl, come on, get yourself together. And from mm-hmm. that day on, I was like, look, this is, you know, I sat the kids down and I said, look, these are things we ain't going to be able to do no more. We ain't doing two vacations a year. We ain't doing this. We ain't doing that. But it was just so much that happened in the midst of that, that it was, I was just so overwhelmed and such in a depression that I was just like, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. I don't even, I didn't even know how to do it. And in, in the midst of it, I didn't even know if, if I was even being a good parent, you know, I was doing the best that I knew how to do with the tools I had in my toolbox. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to work. And my job was a very demanding job. 
And yeah, I got stuck a lot of times, but I needed the money. And I we you know, I had that job. I worked for corrections and, and had two other jobs. Just to pay the mortgage, make sure we got lights and gas on food and all of that stuff. So it was a very difficult time for me. But um I'm still standing and we survived. And I ain't do too bad. <laughs> you ain't do too bad. I yeah. think I really thank God that it did not work out. No, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I took a half a bottle of sleeping pills and drank a half a bottle of Hennessy. Now, who's supposed to wake up from that? <laughs> Nobody, right? Wow. And I woke up the next day. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what in the... I was like, I can't even kill myself right. You know? <laughs> that's not funny. That's... It's not funny, but that's what I was thinking. Like, you can't even kill yourself right. Like, what's wrong with you? You know, I I think you just naturally, you know, make people laugh because I'm like, (laughs) I know I'm not supposed to laugh at that. That that's not funny, but my (laughs) no, but when now that I look back at it, right, it is funny because that's you know the thinking I had in my head was like, hey, you can't even kill yourself the right way. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, you need to get it together. Mm-hmm. So when I, when when that happened, it was like, you know what? Okay. I felt like if God woke me up, mm. then I'm supposed to be here. And he going to help me through all of this. Mm. And he helped me through all of it. And when I looked back at it, I was like, wow, if I would have succeeded in that, I wouldn't have been able to see all the amazing things that my kids have done. I would have missed out on so many beautiful things. And I, I didn't want to miss out on that, you know, because I always preach to them every day, you're a black man. You got to be 10 times better than anybody else. You yeah. got to do this. I had them in math and sciences. They was going to the Farmingdale College, math and science. Even my baby, he wasn't even old enough. But because I had to work when they had that program on Saturdays, I convinced the lady that, you know, he would be good. And he was. And he wound up, and I'm going to tell you, he's a whiz at math and science. Because <laughs> he wound up doing the work, too. And they was amazed. They were like, wow, we thought he was going to act up. I said, no, he's going to say he's going to do what his brothers do. Mm. Because that's how I was teaching him before he even went to school. When they sat to do their homework, and I would go to the bookstore and get all the different books, you know, how they write your script and get different letters and the shapes and all of that stuff. So when they sat down and do their homework and I would tell him, okay, you got to do your homework too. So he, before he even went to school, he already knew everything. Mm. So they were like, you sure he wasn't in school before? I said, no, I would teach him at home because that was the way, you know, I would be able to cook dinner, they doing work and he would sit and do his work too. And, you know, and I check his homework just like I'm checking their homework. <laughs> like, you know, give him a grade. So he thought he was doing, you know, big boy stuff, you know. Nah, so I feel you, that. You figure it out, you know what I mean? It's not easy. And, you know, sometimes you look at it and be like, when is it going to be my turn? Like, everybody, you know, I was seeing all my friends just living life and vacationing and buying fancy cars and all kind of stuff. And 
I was since he had slept and going to my next job and my next job, you know, just trying to keep everything afloat. And uh, I was like, when is it going to be my time? Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, everything comes at its time. And I think, you know, when I look at it now, it's like, it was a song, it's a gospel song. It said, this is my season. And, um, to reap what I've sown. Mm. And I used to do praise dance and we danced to that song. And people used to be like, now that's that's your dance. That's your dance. Like I can feel that. And I danced that song with such vigor that because I, you know, I really felt that like, you know, my season is gonna come. It's it's gonna be a season that's gonna come for me. And you know, now I'm in that season. You know, mm. you and are, and it's amazing when you get there and you be like, When is it my turn? and when they be, and when it's your turn. But the crazy thing, I think me and you had talked about this before, it was I started feeling guilty about this being my turn and not want to even tell anybody like the amazing thing that's happening to me. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want nobody praying against me. Mm. You know, and I was like, dang, why, you know, why am I even feeling that way when inside I'm so, like, jumping for joy and just scared to be like, okay, and probably, you know, back to that little girl, don't get too happy, don't you tell nobody, because something bad gonna happen, you know? So, I, you know, God is still working on me. And that's all right, Ma. That's all right. I'm proud of you, though. I am really proud of you. Thank you. I think now at 55, Mm -hmm. I think I'm proud of myself now. I never was before. I just, you know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't, like, nobody made a big deal about it. Like, oh, like, you did this. Oh, amazing. Whatever. It wasn't a big deal. So I never really, like, not that I didn't tell anybody, like, oh, like, I finished school. I did this. I did that. But it wasn't, like, a big deal to anybody. It was just a big deal to me. So, but at 55, I'm, you know, I feel proud of myself. I feel like, you know what? All right, you did that, girl. Go ahead, honey. You got, you pat yourself on the, on the shoulder. You, you, you did that, you know? You did that. And you really did. You did it through tears. You did it through your depression. You mm-hmm. did it through your suicidal thoughts. You did it through the highs. You did it through the lows. You killed it. I know. It's, I can't even believe it. <laughs> I'm like over <laughs> here just hearing the story and I'm like, wow. I can't even believe it. But I was just like, you know what? Sometimes life throws you, you know, all this crazy shit. Sorry mm-hmm. for cursing, but sometimes it do throw you all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And you be like, um, okay, now what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do this or how am I gonna do that? But that's why I said my faith, I will always go back to that. And I'm gonna tell you, yeah, I did it through some tears because sometimes I be in there crying and crying and crying, be like, okay, get up, wash your face, get yourself together, and let's go, let's do this. Cause you know, sitting here crying ain't gonna make nothing happen. No, I feel that. I wanted to 
for some reason. I'm like, I don't know. God has given it to me again. Like, what would you tell that version of yourself from where you standing today? What would you say to her if you could speak to her? Oh, I would tell her that, girl, just <laughs> wait until you get to the other side, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Like the fourth quarter is off the chisel. Just gotta wait. Hold on and wait. And, and you know, in the in the inside secretly, I think I always thought like because I will I was always that kid that had these big dreams. <laughs> always had big dreams about everything. And you know, I always would dream about different things. And I was just like, yeah, one day. I'm going to be doing this, and one day I'm going to do that, and one day I'm going to have this and that, you know, and, you know, I have really been through these last years just, you know, like living all my little dreams out mm. of all the things that, you know, I wanted to do and couldn't do, or, you know, the kids was young, so you can't do this, you can't do that, and now I have the opportunity to just explore other things that I want to do and just, you know, be unapologetic about it and don't really care because I, I was that person that people please that person, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, honey, when I got that little people please a person off my back, I was just like, no. When you tell somebody no, that feels so good and you don't feel no way about it, you be like, uh, no. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I love that for you. Feel good, you know. And now I just like I'm like I'm living my life, and I love me. Mm. I wasn't loving me before, but I love I love me some me. Mm. That sounds so juicy. Say it one more time. I say I love me some me. Just say I it one love more time. me some me. <laughs> and I feel like I'm the strongest girl I know. I love yeah. me some me. When you get to that point of loving you some you, mm. it's like nobody can't come in your life and tear you down. Mm. And when I tell you how my kids have lifted me up through depression and stuff like that, they have lifted me up. Like, my middle son, right? He just gave me a house. Mm. Who does <laughs> that? It's like, Mom, I don't want mm. you to have to be spending all this money. This is you gonna go here, you know, but they just lift me up. It's like, you know, they'll tell me, My love, you deserve this, you deserve everything. Like, you know, you was a good mom to us, and that's just the most lovingest thing you could ever hear from your kids is to be like, Yo, we know you ain't did everything right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> was, you wasn't, you know, but I'm not perfect, nobody is perfect, right? But for them to say to me, how much they love me, how much they appreciate me, and and acknowledge to see how hard I work for them, how I push them. That is just like, you know, that's love. You know? So all this time I wasn't even loving myself, but they was giving me the more, the, you know, the strongest love ever. It's like, yo, like, we got you. Like, you good. You don't, you don't got to worry about nothing, nobody. You know, what nobody say or whatever. We got you. Even when I started, was feeling like, oh, I gained weight. I don't look. They was like, Ma, stop saying that. Stop doing that. You beautiful. Like, why? You know, 
when I wasn't even feeling good about myself, they was making me feel good about myself. Like, don't be like you. Look, dudes is checking for you. You the one got the issues. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, a, it's a whole nother feeling. Like from when your kids are younger to when they get older, it's a whole different vibe because now you know they have lived some life so now they understand certain things mm. and and realize you know sacrifices and stuff that you've done and you know from when they were younger they probably didn't even realize like wow she really was stressed out to the limit you know what I mean That's and bad. we didn't even know you know mm-hmm. well this is the part of the call which is my favorite part where Yuma get a chance to do an open letter to your amazing sons. Oh. Yeah. You can share your heart with them. You can say dear and you can say all of their nicknames. And you can <laughs> let them know. <laughs> you can let them know how you feel about them. The world's gonna hear it, Ma. Oh wow. <laughs> All right, so I guess I'll start from the oldest to the youngest. Okay. And I would say, dear Rayvon, you are the apple of my eye. Mm -hmm. You have been with me through (laughs) a lot of, you're going to make me cry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You've been with me through every tribe and tribulation Mm -hmm. from when we were both young. (laughs) And I love you so much. And I wish that, you know, he would see in himself more for himself. Mm. Um, but I know I, I haven't counted him out. And I know that God is always over him because I pray for all of them every day for covering and, and for, you know, them to see what they, what his potential is. Yeah. So I want him to know that I, you know, that I encourage him, that I love him. And I would just want him to see for himself how amazing he is and how and what he has to give to the world. Mm. Mm. Uh, love mommy. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say to Gregory, um, dear Greg, you have been <laughs> the the man that that I probably would never have in my life. (laughs) You have been um, an inspiration, a confidant, an encourager, and just an ultimate um, good son. Mm. You have always gone out and really, and worked hard and always did things to, you know, to make me see that he's working so hard because he wants to show me that, you know, don't worry. Like I got you. I'm doing everything that you, that you told me and I didn't forget anything. Mm. He is just, um, amazing human being. And he never, ever forgets me. I don't care what happened. Me and him could argue, fuss and fight, but he'll be like, mom, look, Whatever, da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, like I don't care. Like I, I don't care if she ain't talking to me. You gonna talk to me? 
but he has, you know, and I just, like, I always say I pray for all of them daily, just for God to keep covering him and for him to just keep striving and, you know, sky is the limit for him because I always know whatever he sets his mind to do, he's going to do it. And he's going to do it in a big way. I love mommy. <laughs> oh, I love this. Oh and God. I would say to dear Dante, he has been my my little love bug baby. <laughs> 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 and he is an encourager. He is a lover. He is uh, sarcastic. But um, intellectual, he is, you know, thinks out of the box, and he's very caring. All of them are. Mm-hmm. They're very just caring people. And I would say to him that to come out of his box mm. and like and just live. Because he's one that will stay, you know, quietly in the corner. And I would love to see him just boof, blossom, and like, okay, world, here I am. Because he has so much to give, but he just, you know, keeping it to himself. Mm -hmm. So I would love to see him blossom out. And love mommy. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cute. My, you getting all giddy. Look at that. <laughs> kids got you blushing. <laughs> I know. They're, ama- they're amazing, though. Nah. I was like, I don't know. I always say God gave me these kids because I, child, I don't even know. Mm. But God gave them to me. And when I look at them, they are such amazing human beings. Start Even starting from Ray, they will give people the shirt off their back. Mm-hmm. And that's why they such amazing human beings. And I think I was like that too. You know, I would be everybody would be at my house. I feed everybody, get people clothes, shoes, whatever. <laughs> and you know, they the same way. It's like they'd be like, Ma, they, they don't have food. I'm like, boy. But that is, you know, in their heart, they're just giving people and they they just great human beings. I yeah. love them. I love them. I love them. I love them to the moon and back. <laughs> I love this, Ma. Aww. And are there any final remarks before we wrap this up? I'm like, I'm over here like in awe. You know, <laughs> you know, knowing you is amazing. The Every time we get together, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. But knowing your testimony on top of it is like, even like more profound it's like wow there's more right you know what I mean like there's more and I'm just grateful that for one thank you thank you for sharing your heart thank you for sharing your story you know what I'm saying thank you for sharing like thank you for asking me and I just want to say to you that I'm so honored that you would even want to know my story I'm so honored for that and just on it to even know you, know your family. They have all always been so welcoming to me and loving to me. And it, it's just an honor to know you. You are an amazing human being. And no matter through all of these years, we always talk. We always have good, deep talks. 
And I'm just so honored that you would even think of me, you know, like that to say, you know, I want to know her story. I want to know about her. I want to know how she thinks, what she thinks about this. And I'm just so honored to for you to even ask me. It's just, I'm very honored that you asked me to do it. <laughs> Mom over here crying. Yeah, because nobody <laughs> never asked me my story or what I felt about anything. So this, I feel so honored that that you looked at me and thought I was worth knowing even more about me than just knowing that I'm Greg's mom and, you know, you dated him in high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Girl. That you thought I was worth that. See, too, for my story to even be something that would be healing to somebody else. And I pray that, that somebody else that's listening to this podcast listening to my story and maybe is a teenage mom or even just going through, you know, a divorce or going through, you know, a domestic violence situation or, you know, anything like that would take anything that I say and be encouraged. And that would be something that would, you know, keep them pushing in their life because, you know, all the time when you're going through stuff, you know, it's embarrassing and stuff like that. You don't want to tell people because you don't want people to look at you in a certain way. And sometimes it just takes one word from somebody that you don't even know mm-hmm. to say, you know, to stay encouraged and that, you know, it's going to be all right. Like, you could do this. You could get through this. You just got to keep pushing. Like, stay focused. You still standing, like. Don't let nothing and nobody deter you or bring you down because it's it's people out there that will try, but you just have to be strong within yourself and be like, you know what, I'm going through this right now today, but what tomorrow's gonna be okay. We gonna get through this today, <laughs> you know. You gotta take one day at a time. Sometimes, man, you always speak life. It's just so natural for you to do my. But you're welcome. I love you so much. I love you more, my dear. <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to add on to that prayer. I really do pray that it touched someone. I, I know in my heart that it's going to touch somebody. Somebody's going to be moved. Somebody's going to be inspired. Somebody is going to stand up again. Somebody is going to know that they got it. Even if it's just that little... Mm, Mm-hmm. They are going to feel their mm on top of your mm right. and decide that they can do it. They mm-hmm. can stand up again. They can fight again. They can breathe again. Mm-hmm. They can rest again. They can whatever they need to do again to just know that they can move forward. Mm-hmm. Even if you got to crawl. Even yeah. if you got to cry. Even if you got to cry, baby, you can do it. You can do it. So you can you got to cry it. through it and be able to wake up in the morning and be like, good morning, gorgeous. Let's go. <laughs> good morning, gorgeous. And most importantly, God got you. Exactly. I'm telling you. I'm and it's going to be Ma. your turn. Your turn is coming. Your turn. Oh, yeah. Your turn is coming. Girl, we ain't yes. got to act like you ain't say that your son done yes. got you a house, baby. Right. Ah! Trust. Your turn is coming. <laughs> Trust Congratulations, and believe. Congratulations, Ma. Yes, trust and believe your turn is coming. And 
trust when you're in the midst of it, it just don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. It feel like everything is going wrong. But my, my, I pray that it would be a healing. Mm-hmm. If you gotta cry about it, cry about it. Child, go take a bath and just sit. Get your glass of wine. You mm-hmm. know, cry about it and get yourself together. Mm. It's gonna be a It's gonna be okay in the morning. You know. I know that's right. I love you, girl. I don't even have an outro for this one. Like, usually I do outros. I feel like this right here was the outro. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, thank you. I wish we was, like, closer so I could give you a huge hug. But nah, I'm grateful. We gonna virtually hug. We gonna virtually hug. Bring it in. Bring it in. Yeah, virtual hug. And give a virtual hug to the audience. Yes, yes. They received Kraya. They received the hug. They received the love. If they didn't get anything from this, they got all of that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's and remember that you are the strongest girl that you know. Mm. Amen. Say that to yourself every day. I'm the strongest girl that I know. Mm. And go. You know. So sometimes you just. You know, you got to encourage yourself sometimes. Be like, I'm the strongest girl I know. I got to keep on pushing. Even when you don't feel like it. Cry through it, trust. I spit a whole lot of tears, honey. Mm. <laughs> but you did it, Ma. But it feel good when you can shed all the, the happy tears. The happy tears are the amazing ones. Because then you be looking like Viola Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Like, ain't nobody never did that like this one even more in my life. <laughs> mm, those are happy tears right those there. Those are the happy tears, the ugly cry. <laughs> nah, I love it. I love it. Nah. <laughs> I love it. I really love what I do, but we're not about to get long-winded on this episode. <laughs> they can be like, okay, now they just talking. <laughs> But we this just try to encourage. Nah. Sometimes people got to get encouraged because you never know who pick up and be like, just going through. You know what I'm saying? Nah, that's a fact. I wish back then when I was trying to help myself that maybe if I would have listened to this, I would have been saying, oh, you know what? Well, maybe that girl is saying that. Maybe, you know, maybe I got to try something else. You know what I mean? Because nah, it's hard out here. It's really... It, and now, I, girl... With this pandemic and all that stuff, I don't even know what I would have done if I had young kids and went through all of that. So this is that's a whole nother entity, you know? Nah, that's true. So it's a it's a lot going on. People are going through a lot. People losing jobs. They get rents is going up. Your paycheck ain't going up. It's you know it's a lot. It's a lot that people are going through and just don't know where to turn, how to get through. But prayer works. I'm going to tell you, prayer works. And I had a praying grandmother who was here to 104 years old. Mm. So I know she covered us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Prayer works. Prayer works. Mm -hmm. It really does. And you can tell God anything. Cause ain't ain't nobody but you and him. You can tell him whatever you want to tell him, girl. You know, sometimes you can't tell your friends, you can't tell your sisters, you can't tell your mama. But you know, you can tell God he because he already know anyway. 
Even when you're doing something you ain't supposed to, he already know you did it. So, might as well go ahead and tell him. <laughs> Be like, help me. Help me. Right. I was just telling somebody that today. Look, you better ask God for help. Help Don't me. Don't be scared to. Because I say, when I sat in that church that day and I and I say, you got to help me. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And he helped me all the way through. Amen. All the way through, you know. And that's why I always get back. He, you always tell me, there you go. I'm always volunteering at church. And I'm always giving back because people gave to me. You know? And you will meet your little, your guardian angels along the way. And I met a bunch. And then I ain't seen them all. I'm going to tell them there's one last story. When I got divorced and we sold the marital house and I was looking for another house. And I met this lady. Um, she was a realtor and she was taking me around and stuff and my credit was bad every I couldn't get no apartment and nothing and I was like I don't want to move the kids out there school district and all of that and she was like we're gonna find you a house we found the house and the man who owned the house he was like a builder and so I kind of told him my story not the whole thing and he was like I won't see you and your kids in the street Mm. my credit was so messed up I couldn't get a mortgage at that time <clears throat> that I got that house from him and so we went into a contract and he said I'm gonna let you stay in this house and you're gonna pay me the rent every month for a year within a year if you don't get a mortgage then we have to come back to the table because I don't want to rent I want to sell mm. about two days before that year was up I got a mortgage <sighs> And we went to closing. And at the closing, his wife, which I've never met, his wife said to me, I have to apologize to you. So I looked so confused because I was like, I ain't never met this woman. And she said, me and my husband been married for 30 years. He's never went against me for anything or anyone. And I told my husband not to let you move into that house. Because you wasn't going to pay and you're probably going to mess up the house. And she said, I have to apologize to you because you you wasn't any of those things that I told my husband. And my husband said, no, he wasn't going to do that. And his name was Mr. Vasquez. I've never seen Mr. Vasquez again in my life. What? That man came into my life. He even, because that house was like a fixer-upper, but it was good like to move in, but... He put all new carpet in there for me and, you know, fixed whatever needed to be fixed without charging me one dime. And the lady, the real estate lady, her name was Cynthia Rock. And she had a friend who was an attorney. All of them worked for me for free. They helped me with my closing for the marital house without charging me. They helped me, you know, get another house. And I've never seen any of these people again. And I went to, because the lady, she used to work out of her house. I went back to that house, me and my girlfriend. And the man told me nobody never lived there by that name. And me and my girlfriend looked at each other because she was with me today (laughs) to meet this lady. And I was like, I said, well, maybe it's the wrong house. And she was like, no, this is the house. And so we kept asking the man, are you sure? Because I know this lady, she had an office here. And he was like, no. So 
I was like, that was nothing but guardian angels. Every single one of those people came into my life and helped me when I needed help. At one of the worst times I was having in my life. And didn't ask me for nothing. They gave to me. And I had never met them before in my life and never seen them again. I'm 55 years old now. Never seen none of them again. So I know that God is real. Mm. I know that angels are real. Mm. Because these people, is, I'm like, where did they just pop out the air? <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. But they all said to me, like, like I trust you. I know you're going to do the right thing. And I was in that house for over 20 years. That house right there? Yeah, on Carroll. Yeah. I sat right there like I'm pointing because uh-huh. I'm still flabbergasted. Yep. Wow. That's how I got that house. I don't know about you, but I got to go talk to God. Mm-hmm. That's how I got that house. Because everybody was telling me, they was like, oh no, your credit is bad. I don't know where you're going to go. This, that. I was just like, Shh. I said, something going to happen, you know? And what I did was, I just prayed on that. I prayed on that. When I took to the man at the bank, and they was like, you got to fix your credit and this and that. So I fixed my credit. I worked on my credit that whole time. And the man who I needed to speak to at the bank, his name was um Mr. Brown. I wrote his name down, and I put it in, in my Bible and in Psalms. Because I said, that's the man who I need to get help from. He's the one who's going to have to give me this mortgage. Mm. And I'm going to tell you, two days before that year, he, they called me and was like, you come in and get your mortgage. I called Mr. Vasquez, and we, we went on a Saturday. And we, me, him, and his wife, we all sat there and cried. And she was like, why are you crying so bad? I said, because I don't have to fight nobody for this or nothing. It's just my name. It's only my name on here. And whatever I want to do with this house, I can do. You know what I mean? Mm. That was independence, you know? When somebody said, you, oh, you ain't going to be nothing. You ain't going to have nothing and all of that. And I was like, yo, that's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. So I, that's why I say you prayer work. And anybody I needed help from, I would write their name down and put it in my Bible. Whoever, whoever was that person that had to say yes, I'll write it right in my Bible. Put their name down and put it in there. Mm, mm, So mm, mm. I know that prayer works. And everybody might not believe it, but I'm a living witness that it works. And it it, it happens to your own amazement. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I didn't know none of them. And I wasn't even a, a, a... you know, I wasn't born and raised in Long Island. I was born and raised like in Queens and Brooklyn. So it wasn't, you know, that I knew people out there or anything like that. Nah, but God really got you. God is amazing. I'm telling you. That's why these girls are talking about, they looking for a man. You better write it down, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I say, see, I ain't got one yet because God was working on me. I had to work on myself. I had to be loving me. So he coming now. He about to come. <laughs> His name is all up in my Bible. I know that's right. He about to come. Because he's going to be powerful, he preparing though. preparing him for me, you know? 
No, that was really, you know, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. That's how I got that house. Mm-hmm. But nobody would have never known what I was going through. Because mm-hmm. when I walked outside, I I did not look like what I was going through. Mm. <laughs> and you're not supposed to be. When God got you, you don't never look like what you're going through. Nah, I know that's right. Because he like, I got you. Put your face on it. Go ahead, you know? Mm. Amen to that. Now, that was just a bonus. At, at this point, we were supposed to disconnect. But now you guys received the bonus. I, I really don't have an outro. I'm actually speechless. <laughs> like, seriously, my, I, you don't even understand. Wow. I'll tell you, God, prayer works. And sometimes you just got to stay in it, you know? Don't give up. Don't give up. Never give up. I don't care what's happening. Don't give up. Because when you give up, you give up on yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Nah. So don't give up. That's why I be telling you too. And you're like, I don't know if I can do that right now. Yes, you can. You just gotta go do it. Right? Let's do it. Let's do it. Everybody told me, oh, you ain't getting another house. <laughs> I was like, okay. Watch. So <laughs> That was a lie. <laughs> that was really a lie. That was a lie. Because I sure enough got in a whole nother house. Wow. Yep. Well, guys, you just finished listening to the Mother's Day special of Tales for Motherhood. I'm I really don't have much to say except that I'm I'm blessed. i really i man one thing i will say though that i was going to say offline but i don't mind saying while you're here Mm -hmm. i'm so blessed and fortunate on so many levels right Mm -hmm. but even for my calling you know what i mean like god gave me this huge calling i didn't know what i till this day i'm still we still having conversations about it I'm just out here being obedient. But mm-hmm. hearing, like, having these conversations with people is, like, so fulfilling because, really, it's like, I I don't, I don't want to say it playfully, but it's like, you get to see God in other people's stories just by hearing people's stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to add to what I learned from it. I want people to, you know how when you read the Bible... You right. get what you need to get from the Bible. Right. Like, I really hope when people listen to these the podcast and when people hear the talk show, they get what they needed to get mm-hmm. and bring it to God. But God, if you were able to do it for that person, I know you can do you it can for do it for me. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, right, mm-hmm. I'm blessed because I, I'm fortunate for me. I have my mom in my life. And my mom and I have a really great relationship. Like, mm-hmm. I love my mama. My mm-hmm. mama know I got eight mamas. But she's, yeah. still, mommy. <laughs> she's still mommy, right? Mm-hmm. But, man, like, I'm just so grateful for having mothers in my life through friends that right. were willing to extend their motherly nature to me, too. Mm-hmm. 
Because if you didn't extend that motherly grace or mother, like if you was to be like, you know what, nah, this is just for my son. Like, no, you right. opened that to me. And that's why I was comfortable enough to even want to invite you or mm. want to interview you or even get curious to know the woman behind Miss right. Monica. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just feeling like so grateful, like, and thankful enough for me too. Like I'm grateful that I wasn't the type of person too that was just like, oh no, is this loyal to my mom to be like this? To, uh-uh. Right. You know? Well, me and your mom is the same sign, so no, I know. that's probably why <laughs> going on the same day. So <laughs> right? Forget. That. I know we was just talking about that the other day too. Like, yo, y'all really had the same birthday. I remember when I forgot. I found that out too. Yeah. <laughs> But now I'm just feeling really grateful, y'all. Thank you, Ma. Thank you for everything. You're welcome, baby. No, for Thank me. you. So I guess we got to get off of here now because they're going to be like, ooh, they talking. <laughs> I know, right? Um, they're going to be like, all right, I'm going to have to well, listen to this later. But listen to it all because you don't want to <laughs> miss nothing. Like, you don't. <laughs> nah, we're going get, to get off of this now. But thank you, Ma. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs>